Hi, I'm Rail Bricker, and I'll be one of your hosts for the Business Excellence Podcast. Hi, and I'm Lindsay Adams. I'm the co-host. And together, we're going to be talking about what makes up business excellence. And we believe that you can never be perfect. All you can be is excellent. And in our businesses and in our lives, we want to achieve excellence. And that's why this is the Business Excellence Podcast. Welcome to part two of the episode, interview with Crystal Wintels, building excellent referral networks. And in this episode, Crystal will expand on referral partners and sharing common markets. Can I circle back? You mentioned uh, about referral partners, and I think you said something about a, uh, like if we share the same target market. Were those the words you used? Yes. So, so how do we how do we get clear on this target market thing, and and how do we know that they share our target market? So I'll I'll, I'll use a fairly um, simple example. So say, for example, one of your target markets or one of your referral partners target markets is senior citizens. Okay. But specifically senior citizens who might be looking to downsize from a family home into um, either an assisted living or certainly more of a compact living circumstance. So if you are the person that has that individual as a client, maybe you're a real estate agent who specializes in those kind of transactions, that kind of seniors transactions, which other businesses might be doing business with that same type of client? Okay. What do you think? Well, I'm thinking uh, insurance people. Um, yeah. uh, <clears throat> Financial advisors. Valuers, solicitor, lawyer. Yeah, but even keep it more simple than that. How about somebody to help them clean out the house? Oh, okay. Right? Somebody to help them move. Right. Right? Somebody to help ensure that the house is going to get the maximum value if that's what they're selling. So all of a sudden, again, and I understand exactly where you came from with the financial services people because there will be a lot of money there. Hopefully, there will be a lot of money there. But what about the person who's actually helping them through that transition? So if you as a realtor were to align yourself with home stagers who specialize with seniors, because seniors are a little different when they downsize. There's a lot of sentimentality around a family home, right? So you need somebody who specializes in that target market, movers who specialize in that target market. There's a trust um, relationship that needs to be in place for seniors. Maybe a handyman who can help um, fix the things that might have gone um, awry in the last 35 years. Fix the leaky tap or the door that doesn't close properly or the Exactly right. And so all of a sudden you're thinking a little bit outside the box. You're thinking, okay, if this is my target market, seniors downsizing, if this is my target market, if I really sit down and think about what that person will use, then I can probably align myself with those other business professionals and we can all collaborate together. Okay. Okay. How many of the people around you and your network, and maybe you don't want to insult anybody in in your network, but how many of them actually can define their own target market? I mean, the, the example is quite specific, you know, using seniors who are downsizing. But in my in my experience with uh, all the small businesses that I work with now, small, medium businesses, a lot of them can't actually accurately define who their target market is 
and so they're using a carefully targeted shotgun. You know, how do you, how do your network actually help define the target market? Oh, Rail, I'd love to tell you that they do. I think most small business owners struggle with defining their target market. And there's a couple of reasons that I think that entrepreneurs in particular, there's, there's a fear of loss, I think, when entrepreneurs are asked to define a singular target market. <gasps> but I can help everyone. But I can help everyone. Everyone is a good client for me. That's not true. If you're a chiropractor and someone doesn't believe in chiropractic, that's not a good referral for you or that's not a good client for you. So everyone is not a great client for you. And even if they were, you wouldn't live long enough to be able to do business with them all. Right? There's like yeah. billions of people on this planet. You wouldn't live long enough. So in trying to encourage entrepreneurs in particular to define a target market, it's first believing that there's enough business if you are able to define your specific target market. And there always is enough business. I think we've all known those entrepreneurs who own seven or eight different businesses. And, and granted that works for them. I've always been a singular approach to the business that I know. And so as a result of that, I've become an expert in that particular field. And when we can encourage entrepreneurs to really find what they like to do about their business, and that's always where I suggest that they start defining their target market. Your best, favorite, most reliable paying clients. If you could duplicate them 50 times, would that make your business thrive? Oh, I like that. That is very good. That is, that is really neat. Thanks. It's, it's so easy. When you say that, you immediately yeah. get a picture, don't you? Yeah, you do. Because let's face it, we all have a percentage of clients, all of us, that, you know, if, if they left us tomorrow, we probably wouldn't sob. Yeah. And if we could build the A-type clients, whether you call them your A-type clients, whatever you want to call them, your best favorite client, if you could, if we could all build those out, then all of a sudden we have a business that's running just exactly as we'd like it to. Okay, then... <laughs> But I'm, I'm sort of thinking uh, I, I get the target market thing, but, um, you know, I've, I've also read a number of texts where they talk about having a diverse network. Um, so what, what's the tension between having a diverse network and, and having a, you know, very compact or direct target market? Well, well if, we come back to the, if we come back to the seniors example, right, that we talked about a little bit earlier, you, you were a little bit surprised when I said, what about someone who helps home stage a senior's um, yeah. home? What about someone who's the handyman? Now, your typical financial advisor may not necessarily think that that is a contact sphere alignment, but those people are doing business with the people he or she would like to be doing business with, and therein lies the diversity. So that I think the diversity of one's network means that we've thought through all of the circumstances that could um, be part of our target market's lives. Okay, so, so I, I'm going to change direction a little bit, and it's about that, but it's about, it's about given the, the events of the last, you know, almost 12 months now globally with the pandemic, and the shift of everybody to an online environment, how has that changed 
they're building the no like and trust relationships when you only get to see people from halfway up their chest. It's true. You know, and, and, and if you had asked me this a month into, um, I think Canada and Australia have been, you know, in, in diminished circumstance for seeing people face to face for a similar amount of time. So for us, it's sort of seven, eight months. Um, and if you had asked me that three months ago, Rail, I would have said, well, I don't know. So <laughs> now, now, though, because all of our networking groups have moved to an online format, we've actually started new groups since we've been online. And here is what has become the value proposition, the support. The support has become the value proposition almost as much as generating business by referral because our networks are specifically business by referral networks. And what I found is when we transitioned to an online format, there are a whole lot of business people who weren't part of our organization who needed the kind of support that we could offer. We had a number of people in this country who could not run their businesses for two months. And what happened is their other referral partners in their, um, in their networking group helped support them in any way they could, whether it be helping them evolve and transition to an online format. And so with the existing relationships, the trust continued to build. But here's the part that surprised me. We brought on all kinds of new referral partners because they were looking for those kind of trusted relationships and they couldn't go anywhere else to find them. And it's interesting, wow. did they? And so the same process of one-on-ones just using online technology has absolutely. carried on? Yep, it absolutely did. It absolutely did. And even I was surprised. I was surprised in my own franchise of BNI. I was afraid to look at the referral generation numbers through the summer of 2020 and compare them to the summer of 2019 because I thought it, it, it's just going to be dreadful. And do I really need to see it in numbers? We were only reduced on revenue generated between our members by 8%. 8%. Wow. Yeah, I couldn't believe it either. 8%, which means that the business is still there. It's just taking slightly different formats. Yeah, it's it's really interesting in in Australia. Some businesses are just going gangbusters because Mm -hmm. of COVID and others are withering on the vine and or stopped completely absolutely we had an we had a few members very very tragically and sadly through no fault of their own they had to close their businesses down wow they had to shut them down completely one was a children's playground indoor playground it was just finished yeah. right yeah um but we've also had our health and wellness people a lot of our alternative um health and wellness people they had to close down their clinics they had to close down for two months Right. So they had other members helping them deliver some of their services by Zoom. Right. Oh. Through video conference, chiropractors were doing were doing presentations on how to make sure that you're sitting in front of your camera correctly. Right. Because oh. whoever thought about that? Ten yeah, months ago? The thought. Like no. whoever had it cross their mind. I've certainly had some uh, severe cases of computer neck, you know, sitting yeah. in my chair talking on, on screen all day long, you know. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And we're not used to delivering. I know that you and I and Rail as well, we've also done, we've done a lot of public presentations. We've done a lot of trainings. We are not used to sitting in a chair when we are delivering trainings. It's difficult. Yeah. 
right? Yeah, well, in fact, uh, Rail, uh, you know, don't get him going. He's got this most amazing studio. He can stand, he can do somersaults and backflips if he wants to. I know. He was telling me a little bit about it before we went on the broadcast, so I might have to incorporate a few of his things. I, um, Me, personally, I'm just old-fashioned. Uh, you know, I've got the newsreader point of view. I'm sitting here at my desk and, uh, you know. <laughs> But it, and it's horses for courses. Well, look, Crystal, it's been an absolute delight talking with you and uh, you, you've really shared some gems, which I hope our listeners will value. And uh, we do have some listeners in Canada, so hopefully uh, we can spread the, the good word about you and what you're doing. So if somebody wanted to connect with you, how would they do that? How, where would they find you? What's your, what's your email address? What's your bank account and PIN number? No, don't share that. Um, how do they find you? Um, so I'm on LinkedIn. So Crystal Wintles on LinkedIn is a good way to get in touch with me. I'm on Facebook, Crystal Wintles. Um, that's a good way to get in touch with me. And then also regular good old-fashioned email because I'm of that age. So Crystal at BNIGH.com is also a good way to get in touch with me. Now, wait a minute. You said that really quick. Just say that a little slower. Crystal at B-N-I-G-H.com. Uh, right. Thank you. G-H being golden horseshoe. Horse? Yeah. Fantastic. Well, uh, thank you so much. Uh, over to you, Raul. Thank you, Crystal, and thank you, Lindsay, and thank you, listeners, for joining us on another edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Business Excellence Podcast.